This is a Detail Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Variance Authority. I'm Mr. Geek, and it is my job to catch you up before you stand trial for your crimes. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, fill up your pint glass, and check this out. Long ago, there was a podcast where geeks would drink beer and geek out. But then there was a terrible pandemic, and every celebrity in the world decided they also needed a podcast. This created a podcast war that nearly led to the destruction of, well, everything. Then, the all-knowing podkeepers emerged, bringing peace by reorganizing the podiverse into a single podcast, the Digo Podcast. The podkeepers formed the PVA, and they have stepped in to put celebrities back on the right path and prune their podcasts. So sit tight, and we'll get you in front of a judge in no time. Just make sure you have a ticket and you'll be seen by the next available attendant. For all pot always. Hello and welcome to Drink In, Geek Out, a show where we drink beer and geek out. I'm your host, Dustin, the variant 11513701 And alongside me is... This is a Saf variant, and with me is Keith, and I'm lost in the void. And along with me is Classic Pale, number one. <laughs> My favorite. Prime. So you're Prime. Pale Prime? I am Prime. Pale Prime. Pale Prime. Classic Pale Prime. I love it. <laughs> Today's episode is featuring Indiana City Beardus and Two Toms. Lost in the Dark, Bananas Foster, and we are talking about Loki. Loki. Hey, Loki. I know this is Pale Prime because he actually jumped straight into it instead of <laughs> goofing around for a while. Oh, I, <laughs> I got the cue like last time or several podcasts. I'm pretty ago. sure he he like he gets it now. I yeah. get it. It just it, it finally I I got it. Like I'm that guy that has to transition into what we're doing. You know, you're no longer the comic relief. You're the Let's get this going. <laughs> Keeping us on track. I'm the hype guy. Yeah. <laughs> you have shit to do. He's distracted us enough tonight, so. <laughs> yeah. good I know, I'm just sitting break. here acting like nothing's, I did nothing wrong. <laughs> I like, fix your shit, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we get into Loki, what have you guys been drinking or playing lately? Hmm. I'll start. I've been playing a new MMO called New World. Uh, this is not released yet. It, it was in closed beta, and uh, my brother got invite keys, and so we passed it out a couple of my friends, and we decided that we're actually going to play and buy this game. It's released September 28th. Uh, as of this recording, it was pushed back, so we have another month to wait, but it's actually really fun uh, in terms of MMOs. Uh, basically, your character... You don't get a specific class. You're just this person. And the weapon that you get determines what you do. And that's like my favorite style of that's cool. D&D, right? It's like you go into it not knowing what you're doing or what your role is. And then you get a weapon that you fancy. And then that kind of determines your role in this D&D world. So mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that kind of thing. It's, um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be uh, basically my wow killer. I'm just going to quit. 
and play this game. Ooh. It's more like real life. You you like kind of stumble into your role. You don't just like pick it and then start your life. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Good point. Basically, you land somewhere and you're like, oh, what am I going to do? Hmm, I guess I'll just pick a profession and do yeah. these things. And like, oh, yeah, I get a weapon. I'm, I like this. You come across another weapon. Oh, this is much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this better. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. Hmm. I think that's plenty. If we, Unless you guys have something that you really I, want to talk I, about. I, there's one thing I do want to mention. Um, I okay. uh, went to Kikianga right by my house, the cider place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a group of people from work wanting to get together, go check it out. They got wine slushies. They got all sorts of cider, of course. And uh, recently they have had like, you know, craft beer available in cans and they'll sell cans. They have a lot of bad dad there, which I thought was pretty cool. But even cooler than that, they're brewing their own beer now. I walked in oh, and awesome. this guy who's brewing cider, he's trying beer. So he has his own Mexican lager that he brewed. I forgot to check it in on Untapped because there's not like hmm. two people that checked it in because um, I was having too much fun drinking it. But it wasn't bad. It had like a little hint of cider. Was, you could tell it's like some type of apple in it, but it was like an after effect. So I thought kudos to him. I think he's going to he's got another one that he's going to be uh, brewing here soon. So that's exciting for me. So I can walk over there. Um, that's and awesome. Have some. True craft beer. I know. I drive past it every time I come over here now. You better. And I'm like, I'm just going to stop in, pick up a something. Pick up a growler of it. We'll have it on the show. Yeah, I should do that. Oh, I have one that I want to mention real quick. I started playing Super Mario Odyssey. I think yes. we're, we're, it's, it's fun. It is fun. Yeah, It is. It's, it's very fun. Uh, I do enjoy the uh, introduction of Cappy and uh, mm-hmm. all the... Uh, creatures and characters you can take over and play as and i like that they kind of fit that into the the game uh, strategy and the gameplay and stuff so so far it's been good force it yeah it's cat i feel like cappy's a forced mechanic that you you just have to use cappy in order to progress to the game which wasn't my favorite part about it but it's something yeah it so they take away like all the other like the fire um like when he throws those power ups and things like that yeah it's a little different yeah you just take over bad guys and you become the fireballs yeah whatever you can take over the The fire throwing hammer guy and Mm -hmm. throw fires that way okay i got you it's different it's it changes it up a little bit in super mario 3d world it has all those power ups and takes away cappy so if that's what you're looking for that game's pretty fun too Mm, okay that comes alongside Bowser's Fury, right? Yes. That comes in like a two-pack, yeah. Hmm. All right, let's uh, get to some beer beverages. First up, we've got, I guess we'll go first. <laughs> uh, Dustin and I are drinking Beardus Blood Orange Hazy IPA from Indiana City. It's 5.7 ABV. Beardus is brewed in support of Ryan Burklow's Man of the Year campaign donate for doug a fundraiser to end blood cancer benefiting the leukemia and lymphoma lymphoma society lls and their fight against blood cancers by funding research cutting edge treatments and supporting and support for patients and their families team hashtag donate for doug is raising funds in memory of ryan's late father doug beardis burklow who greatly benefited from the research and support that LLS continues to provide to so many. 
Yeah, I was there when they released this beer, and I was like, oh, I might as well grab this. And then I saw what it was for, and I was like, yeah, I'm so glad I did. Yeah, that's so cool that it actually benefits, or like the, it's part of a mm-hmm. donation process. Yeah, I've said it before on the show. If you tell me it's a donation for something, I'm buying it 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah. No matter how much I like it, we'll, we'll, we'll buy it and talk about it on the show most likely. <laughs> yep. Right, yeah. It doesn't even matter what the style of beer is. It's happening. So pretty excited about it. Um, all right, so the uh, the can is really cool, too. My assumption is this is Doug as like a, a colorized cartoon photo of like a early photo of him. He it looks very 70s. The dude-esque. <laughs> yeah, like he's yeah. got the the wavy long hair, the the unironic aviator sunglasses, but they're actually regular glasses. <laughs> he's kind of stylized uh, like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not afraid of the V neck. I don't know. Me personally, I'm not a huge fan of V neck because I don't think I can pull off a V neck, and this man is pulling off the V neck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's art. By Ron Luhorn, who does all of their artwork. Well, except for the Doodle Crew beers, but outside of that. Right. Other than that, the colors are very, um, they're, I don't want to say pale colors, but <gasps> uh, like, a, oh. like a pale blue and a, uh, like a uh, mustardy yellow and like a burnt orange color. It's, it's kind, kind of, of like, like 70s a, colors or, yeah. or late yeah, 60s. Like, Right, the the style that you would see like in someone's like living room or Davenport. Davenport. <laughs> oh, I love that word. Ca- Davenport. Whatever they <laughs> call it, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like those. You're missing mm-hmm. like a hot pink, and, <laughs> and then you. My be grandma always said pretty, that. Yep. Then the Davenport. It's on Davenport. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Then you're like, I don't know what that yeah, means, I don't know. grandma. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can't yeah. find that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So it has the the. The LLS statement on the side of the can has its logo, and then it has the hashtag uh, donate for Doug. I'm s- assuming the hashtag still works, so uh, I know this is a couple months since I purchased this beer. LLS is always going to be accepting money, so if you want to use the hashtag or you know do whatever you can, uh, feel free to check out donate for Doug. Uh, but on that, I love this can. Yeah, this this dude is super cool. Like I, I just love it. Oh, and we chose it for this episode because Beardus could be the name of someone who lives in Asgard like Loki does. Beardus. Beardus, bring me more ale. <laughs> and and we needed to get ta- we needed to get talking about it. So. Yeah. It's that it's, was perfect. It's aging. <sighs> All right. Uh color. Yep. It's a orange. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite there. <laughs> <laughs> we were hoping to be morph ball. But it's not quite there. Um, uh, according to my view, it's more up in the first row. Like, yeah, uh, I was, I get over here, tails, tails. Yep, uh, that's, maybe er- sooner. I was thinking I four, know. five, six if you're nasty. But I don't think it's quite that dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It depends on which way I look, and it's still lighter. Like, yeah, it is pretty light, lighter than I was expecting for a blood orange. I was like, ooh, maybe that'll get in the oranger territory. But I mean, just if you look at the can, th- you're expecting one of those three colors, mm-hmm. right? But you're getting the middle of the like the little yellow circle behind him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's closer to that. Uh, I'm gonna say tails, tails. 
Works for me. That's Agreed. about the middle of where we're thinking. Yep. Do we smell anything? It's uh, definitely fruity. Yeah, definitely an, an orangey, uh, citrusy flavor to it. With a hint of hops. Um, Just a slight mm-hmm. bitter bitterness from the hops I'm smelling. Yeah, uh, fruity, like Fruit Ninja fruity or citrusy as you can smell the orange. I think both. Well, I, probably more orange. That's what I was thinking. I'm, I'm, I totally get what you're talking about with the fruity part. Um, but I, I, I think the blood orange is just pulling me towards yeah. wanting to say that it's orange. Yeah, for sure. But definitely, definitely smells very citrusy. Yeah, and it's and strong. Yeah, there's not much else other fruits in here. It's just blood orange, right? There's no other like surprise fruits. It's just straight up blood orange, you know, IPA. So that's pretty exciting. We could just skip esters and <laughs> all that, all that jazz. It, it kind of reminds me of like a uh, like a cleaning spray. Yeah, mm. like a, a, a an orange Lysol. That, yeah, like the lemon <laughs> one, or whatever. That's a classic uh, yeah. taste. I feel like for, on a lot of these. Pine well, salt taste a little bit. <laughs> we're not oh, tasting sorry. it. Sorry. Oh gosh, dang it! <laughs> I said it smells so, like that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't taste it with your nose. Uh, not as well as you. <laughs> I mean, I could try. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess since he's talking about taste, we might as well talk about. Just going to assu- assume that I hadn't been tasting while <laughs> they were getting their sounds <laughs> working. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is very. Uh, it almost tastes cloudy. Like I can yeah. taste uh, something in there gunking it up, and it's almost like I'm drinking the pulp, or at least I mm-hmm. taste the pulp, right? You understand that? You know, if you're drinking like a glass of OJ and you get the pulp, you're like, ugh. Yeah. There's more in here than just the juice. Junky. It seems kind of thick, but it's not really. It, it And it's not. Yeah. It says it's hazy, but I can pretty much see through mine, so it's not like mm-hmm. some of their beers where it's like, looking at a thick right. cloud of orange it's pretty clear um very i don't want to say upsetting because it's a blood orange and it's a hazy and we have this as a color <laughs> <laughs> it should be i don't want to say milkier but it yeah should be yeah thicker it should be more orange i don't know I, I still think it it does taste thicker but it still tastes thin mm-hmm. i definitely get the blood um, orange flavor for sure mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's like a bitterness on the back end, but it's not it's not horrible. What the, we did not have IBUs, so we're gonna have to make right. those up as we go along here. Preliminarily, I, like I think like in the twenties, like it's, yeah, it's not that high. I guess in the uppers part, more so than anything. But uh, that's exactly I was gonna say thirty max. Yeah, probably yeah, but like the mouthfeel is very calm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not very bubbly. It's not really much of anything. Great flavors. Um, it's juicy. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of bitterness to it, but the flavor lasts longer than the bitterness. Yeah. I can still taste the blood orange. Exactly. I think that really um, helps. Uh-huh. It's just a well-rounded, nice flavor, I think. <laughs> As I would expect from Indiana City. Exactly, yeah. I think there's probably like a little bit of like a a disappointment like i previously said because of like expectations yeah of what the name of the beer is so that might have a little bit of like i don't know like a negative 
to it. And we'll, I guess we'll find out when we talk about the untapped stuff. But oh, I think this is a pretty decent, yeah, pretty decent beer. I, I tend to hold up all of their hazy IPAs to the Doodle Cruise series. And those are kind of mm-hmm. just, they knock it out of the park every time. So it's hard to live up to that. But if I just drink this as like a blood orange I, hazy IPA, it's I think it does that very well. Speaking of untapped, if you want me to jump into that. Yeah. On untapped out of 29 check-ins, so not many for this one, uh, comes in <laughs> at a 405, which is pretty high for just 29 check-ins. So 29 yeah. people liked it. I had zero friends check it in. That'll change. Yeah, I uh, didn't check it in because I bought it there. I didn't drink it there. And then I drank them and didn't check it in because I had it for the show. And then I just totally forgot altogether. Line uh, B says, congrats to the Donate for Doug ALS Man of the Year fundraising team. But it's not ALS. It's LLS. <laughs> oh, this, pers- this person <laughs> has it by a... Uh, a bonfire, but it's, I guess it's someone's fire pit. He's got dogs and hot you know, relish and mustard and ketchup uh, next to the beer on top of the fire pit. And it looks like the beer's just going to boil <laughs> without close it is to that fire. Funny thing is that's the one I just read. <laughs> Get a hold of yourself. Oh, wow. This Allison W., not my wife, checked it in at home. <laughs> took a picture and it looks like my counter it does that's what i thought at first i'm like oh allison but it said zero friends i'm like wait a second yeah dylan e says one of the better blood orange ipas in town which has a lot of competition still a lot artificial fanta flavors but refreshing you get an artificial fanta um not really i haven't had a fan of it i was gonna say i don't know what that tastes like anymore Fanta, I mean, it's an orange soda. It tastes like orange yeah. soda. Yeah. I mean, the I aftertaste maybe. Yeah. I have like a like an aftertaste of like orange soda. My like, but mm-hmm. not, it's not the upfront taste that I think of. It's just if I think about it, yeah, of course, yeah. that's probably what I taste. Hmm. There are no comments. Yeah, some of these um, some of these pictures are much much darker than what we had. I, I know think it might be lighting, but then you have these that are. Those, so, just it's just one the color we have so i'm currently checking mine in so i will be quiet for a moment while they're checking their beer in take a listen to this now <laughs> check out this podcast <laughs> good segue uh, right there drinking drinking geek ost available on the digo network all pod always <laughs> <laughs> whatever we say <laughs> oh no um i gave it a four i comment said i expected a darker and probably hazier beard based on the name alone it is a blood orange hazy ipa uh it's not exactly uh, a negative that it's lighter uh but it also I mean, we judge a lot of beers by living up to the name, and I can't just make this an exception because it's Indiana City. Uh, the flavor is spot on, uh, but I don't know what they did to not make this orange, like a blood orange, like just use artificial flavoring for it instead of actual blood oranges. I don't know, uh, but the flavor is wonderful, uh, so I can't take that away from them. But, I mean, anything above a four is just going to have to like have the appearance and the taste that I'm expecting 
when it comes to like a blood orange, but it's still a pretty tasty beer and has a great cost to it. I agreed with Dustin. I also gave it a four and I basically said the same thing that like, I wish it was like a hazier one of like more of a milkshake thing. But I mean, I know this isn't that it doesn't have lactose and all that in it, but I think that would have made it better. But as it goes for a blood orange IPA, I think this is, it pretty much smashes that. Yeah. <laughs> Loki episode smashing. <laughs> Puny God. Puny beer. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'd have to agree with the original assessment that we talked about. No more higher than 30 as oh, right. the, the IBUs. Uh, it just so happens that 30 is the IBUs of the next beer. So we're just going to chill with the geek reference and wait for <laughs> Keith to announce it there. But I'm good with 30 if <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, I think that's that makes sense. Ooh, suspense. A double 30. Uh, like 10 out of 10 would drink again. I'll oh, yeah. It's great beer. And I'm glad that it actually goes towards a good cause. So I feel like my money is not just supporting this brewery that I love, but also a great cause. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. The beer that Pale and I have, we are drinking Two Tom's Lost in the Dark series Bananas Foster. This is a stout, an imperial double milk, coming in at 9% ABV and 30 IBUs. And I know we had that oh, 30. long commercial break, <laughs> if you remember. Um, we, we mentioned the 30 IBUs that you guys had. And our geek reference is Loki's variant ID number is L113030. Wow. Don't worry about the 11, but it's a stretch. <laughs> it would be cool if the beer we drank was on 11 IBUs. Let's Ooh. just say it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was very low. Yeah, it's very low. I'm editing it out. It's just, it'd be like, yeah, I think it's about 11. <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> like a robot voice. Oh, lab it. I thought I thought maybe this one is a little bit better than saying like Liz Lemon. Yeah, <laughs> from Thirty Rock. <laughs> Try to make this as Loki related as we go. can. Uh, Not Liz Lemon. It's more of a Liz Orange. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Lost in the Dark series. It says a Bananas Foster version of our popular double milk chocolate, double chocolate milk stout, Lost in the Dark, Damn. aged with bananas and rum-soaked pecans. 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 Sam. <laughs> What's the color? Oh, we oh. should look at the can here first. Yeah. Pale. Sorry. Yeah, tell me a little bit about the can. Yeah, it's, it's Lost in the Dark, actually. Um, you get a little bit lost looking at it. It looks like a hallway of some sort or kind of woods. I always thought it was woods, but now looking at this one, it's like you're walking down a hallway and there's a little chair in the corner. You kind of see that little chair. Yeah. This one looks a yeah. little different than the classic yeah. last lost in the dark. I always thought this was like down, uh, if you're in a labyrinth mm. and it's like down a corridor and you have a door at the yes. end of a labyrinth and it's like dark and there's a chair and there's like one little light and it's like, gosh, Damn, do I want to go? Is this the way out? <laughs> Maybe I go this way? <laughs> it uh, also yeah. reminds me of uh, Silent Hill a little bit. Like, um, yeah. Another video game reference. Hmm. I never played like, that, so I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a very, it's a scary, whorish series. Whor- whorish. 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 
horror this is a christian <laughs> podcast <laughs> uh so the lost in the dark the litd they kind of have in like this very creepy scratched in clawed on the side of the wall letters which goes so it really adds to that eerie sense that you kind of get and if you look at the side where it actually says bananas foster it kind of looks that way too very scratchy and hory. Hory, yes. <laughs> Horror. It's like nails. <laughs> um, yeah, like something scratched it in. So yeah. it's kind of like spooky looking for sure. But I don't think it says anything else. It says 8.9% ABV on the can, but I somebody on Untap just round, rounded that up for us. So hmm. That's nice. That's a pretty cool can. You really got to look at it. I mean, it won't stand out, but. Tom, is it, I think Tom always has his little signature yeah. in the corner there of his labels. Are you guys familiar with the game PT? PT? P- Maybe Dustin. Yeah, it's it was, I guess it's a, a prototype. It's not a game that actually was released. It was by uh, Kojama, Kojima Productions, and uh, it was like a little test demo that uh, was on the Xbox or PlayStation store. Never heard it, but none of you have heard oh, of it. No. Oh. it. That's just the game that I thought of. But if you guys aren't familiar with it, then never mind. We have so many tangents in this one beer segment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where we're at. Where are we at? Color. We're moving Let's on. Pick to a color. color. Let's make this like thirty seconds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> can't see it. It's lost in the dark. So take, <laughs> it's black. Take your favorite pick. So what do we want? Morph in the dark. Xenomorph? Anything that goes with Loki here. I don't think so. Venom's a Marvel character. (laughs) Men in black in the dark or dark night at night in the dark or xenomorph in the space. I always love that xenomorph in space. (laughs) That's always (laughs) been my favorite. Has Loki interacted with Black Panther? No. Uh -uh. Nope. And he never will. (gasps) And he never will. That just hit. All right, what about smell, pale? I guess Blade would work. Blade's supposed I mean, to be coming Blade. back into the... Oh, yeah. he may start to Blade at one point. They did mention... They mentioned vampires, vampires at one point in the... Like, it's one of the Easter eggs in the episode. It's on Loki. Yeah. And Loki, there is a vampire Easter egg, so 55 Blade. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> what are you getting? Uh, I get a lot of... A roasty, sweet... Like a sweet, roasty smell. Sweet, roasty like chocolate... Yeah, the sweetness of the chocolate, definitely. I'm getting a little bit of the pecan. The pecan, pecan smell. smell. I think that's that roasty pecan. <laughs> roasty pecan. As, uh, side note, this beer is a little bit older, and it's just a smidge past its prime. So I don't think the banana the banana is going to be too strong. But I think you get a hint of it on the nose. Not much, though. It's mostly that sweet chocolate pecans mm-hmm. banana is a subtle flavor i feel like anyway yeah put up against the other flavors you're talking about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you've been drinking it haven't you you're clearly sipping it a little bit well <laughs> he's got like nothing left in his cup <laughs> something had to get me through the microphone fiasco so he <laughs> is getting so pissed he's running on fumes <laughs> let's take our first sip pale edit <laughs> our final sip I don't know why you're attacking Keith right now. <laughs> I don't know either. Rude. Because <laughs> I, wor- I worry about him. Would you... 
Oh. <laughs> so again, I think the 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 taste is pretty much what the smell is like. I think it kind of backs it up a little bit. Yeah, you like, definitely get exactly... the sweetness throughout. Right. It, it doesn't feel like it's a nine percent for sure. I mean, it doesn't have that strong alcohol. No. Taste. But I think that's where the rum-soaked pecans comes in. So maybe that's where all the alcohol is coming from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's pretty sweet, very smooth. It's like a heavy mouthfeel, I think. Sorry, I took that from you. <laughs> it's, it's, I do like the banana. It's thick. The banana is subtle, and it kind of comes at the end. But I enjoy like the sweet, roasty up front, a little mm-hmm. bit of chocolate. Um the age of it might have taken away some of the, uh, the power or yeah. the alcohol. It uh, it definitely has because I've had this fresh. Yeah, and, and it probably punches you in the mouth a little bit more. Mm-hmm. This one is more of like a softer. Yeah, a softer uh, beer. It, as this sat here and got warm for a long time, um, I think it got sweeter as it's gotten warmer. Really, that sweetness of the chocolate and maybe the banana comes out a little bit more. As it's been sitting that makes here. sense. I feel like stouts do improve as they warm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Saf, what does uh, Untap say? Uh, there are total 479 check-ins. 435 of them have been unique check-ins. And 406 have rated it. And they give it a 4.04. I feel like I said four way too many times. <laughs> four, 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 four. <laughs> I have... Mm, Nope. It, I have friends, but they're all on the show. Oh, here we go. Hannah J gave it a three seventy-five. I say I had four friends check it in. Hannah and then Sam was the other one. Sam has donated a few beers. In fact, I got those sitting in my fridge. We haven't thrown those oh, on yeah. an episode yet. Uh, he says he gave it a three and a half and says can for sure taste the banana. And I was with Hannah and Sam when they both tried this, mm. and they, they, they weren't real fans of the the banana. I know Hannah didn't like the heavy alcoholness of it. I'm sure. So I mean that was on draft too. So mm-hmm. there's a difference there too. And it was fresh because I was right when it came out. Exactly. Yeah. Should be one more. I just got you and Keith and Allison. And she's not on the show. Allison gave it a four. <laughs> <laughs> not on this show, but she is on a show. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> she gave it a four. I have one coworker, Chad W., gave it a four and a quarter. Had it on draft, so Chad I'm Mc- sure he got it in its prime. I got a non-friend here named Duchess C. On the nose, you get creamy chocolate and stout notes. On the pour, you get a pitch black color with a chocolate brown fluffy head on the taste you get hints of banana in a caramelized brown sugar with a thick mouthfeel 4.25 and we are replacing pale with this person (laughs) (laughs) based on this comment alone duchess yeah there's a lot of uh interesting Looking pictures, there's a couple fire pits, um, nicer fire pits than my fire pit, I'll tell you what. But most of these check-ins are in location. I see a lot of um, two Tom's glasses. Michael S. says, creamy banana stout, not sweet, uh, light, you'd think. Uh, 
not sweet like you'd think. Pecan, pecan is a nice touch. Four out of five. There's some... I'm assuming this isn't his first beer because there are some spelling errors in there. <laughs> <laughs> Happens. He saved his stouts for the end. Oh, here's one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Chris Chris F. Thanks, Mike. Oh, You're welcome. 25. Yeah. Thank you. I'm assuming it's uh, Saf's father. That's it, all I care about. I, it, if it was my father, he would probably give it a zero. <laughs> uh, no, the, the thank you, not the oh, Chris yeah. F. checked it in. <laughs> RT, RDP says, really enjoyed this. Nice little compliment to the banana sour. Oh, they have a banana sour as well? Or maybe he's got a banana sour somewhere else. Because mm. he purchased it at Park Plaza Liquor in Delhi. Yeah. Or apparently, he thinks uh, banana got sour. <laughs> apparently banana can do very well in beers if you're into that sort of thing. 4.25. We've never had a Hefeweizen? Right. <laughs> it's like one of the main beers. Mm-hmm. I guess Hefeweizens don't actually have banana in them. They just taste like banana. Right, yeah. All right, what do you guys think? Have you I decided? am going to keep my original because what, I, That's what I'm drinking now I know is not the freshest version of this. So I'm going to stick because I've checked this in twice before. The first time when I got this can and then three years ago or two years ago when I first had it on draft, I gave it a four- Point seven five. I, Whoa. I, um, Whoa! I almost went up a little bit higher, uh, but let's talk about the good before we get to the bad. Um, when I first had it on draft, what I said: subtle banana and pecans come through at the end. A great variation of an already great beer because I love this whole Lost in the Dark series mm-hmm. that he's got going on. And then. This, when I first had these cans, when they were fresh, I said, had this one a couple years ago. It's still great. The rum-soaked pecans really come through. The banana stays throughout. One of my favorites at Two Toms. Um, so every time I've had this, the banana variant is different. Yes, I said variant. So the banana is very different throughout this. And it's, I think when I first had it on draft, it was pretty subtle because it was cold and it came out. And then this time, the when I had it, it warmed up a little bit, and the banana came through. And this one, I'm, I'm not really getting it a whole lot, probably because of its age. So I think it kind of depends when you have it and how fresh that banana continues to stay, which is why I didn't quite go five, because I haven't had the same beer, even though it is the same beer. I haven't really had it twice, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint that banana. So that's what threw me off from the perfect number but i love the sweetness the chocolate the roasty the pecans which i'm not really a pecan fan but i like the rum soaked idea it's just it's a good thick sweet stout and i like banana so works out well well i went uh four out of five which is a huge drop i know i well this is the first time i checked it in so i'd not i haven't gotten it at its best and I'm just fair rating it based off of what I'm drinking sure. right now. Sure. So uh, this is def- you didn't you, you didn't get it like a can aid. You didn't get a barrel aid. You got like this old stale can <laughs> aid. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I think I really enjoy everything in there. I just think because the age, it's starting to flatten out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's losing some of that that punch and that big bolster bolstering flavor 
that we're used to. I know this series, the Lost in the Dark, is really, really good. I really enjoy all those beers. Just this one, I can tell it's on its way out and it's older. So it's still good though. Still, I yeah, I still enjoying it's it. Holding up. Yeah, I can still like the sweet sweetness up front. The banana still relevant at the end there. Mm-hmm. The a little bit of roastiness. The pecans a little bit in the taste. But um, I would re- I really think this deserves a second, like a redemption, yeah. and like a new a new check in. I'm sure I'll bring it back. Yeah. So, but uh, overall, yeah, I, th- I know I I would probably be right up there with you for seventy five or yeah maybe even a five. <gasps> you have a lot of fives. Wow. Now. Um, speaking of redemptions and variants and all that, I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but for uh, our discussion on the barrel aged variant of this beer, go back to episode one thirty three where we did a two toms episode, um, and that's like in the two thousand nineteen version of this beer mm-hmm. uh and real quick uh i bought this in april and i gave it a 4.5 it was canned i thought mm-hmm. it was pretty good dang 4.5 mm-hmm. that's good it doesn't hold up now it's not yeah pretty, <laughs> pretty good i think this is like a four and a quarter now but i, I think yeah. it's pretty good so i just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on twitter and instagram at drink in geek out you can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website drinkingeekout.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at drinkingeekout at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. Shall we discuss the Disney Plus series... Loki. Marvel's Loki? Loki? <laughs> no. I'm over it. You guys didn't like it so much? All right. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> no. Stay tuned next week. <laughs> we watched it. That's all you need to know. Not... Good night. <laughs> yeah. We picked I, beers I, for the topic, but who cares? I, I mean, as long as the beers fit the topic, we don't have to actually talk about the topic. <laughs> <laughs> This episode was already a shit show. It is like uh, all over the place, but uh, I personally very much enjoyed this series. There, yeah, me, me too. I mean, I, I know I'm the time travel nerd here. I wish there was more time travel. They didn't use it a ton, but uh, overall, I think this is a good follow up to WandaVision. I know we skipped over Captain America or Captain what Falcon. Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, that was supposed to be the first series, but due to COVID, they delayed that one and WandaVision came out first. And I think it would have been better if that came first and then WandaVision and then this, Mm -hmm. because I feel like they kind of, it would have flowed better. It would have made more sense. But uh, overall, I was thrown in there. Yeah. yeah. Just because of the way this past couple of years have turned out, that's what happened. But I I did really enjoy this series. Yeah, I did too. It was um, a... A refreshing uh, release, I think, uh, especially since we had WandaVision on Friday nights and then we had like a, a lull and then we had uh, Captain America, sorry, Captain Falcon um, on Friday nights and then there was a lull and then Bad Batch released on Fridays and then all of a sudden we're like a Wednesday release for Loki. We're like, hold up, wait a minute. 
<laughs> oh, we have a Wednesday release, and so then there was two things to watch that week. We had Loki, and then we had Bad Batch, and so it was it was, it was nice. It was it was a great um, a great middle of the week thing. I thought, and I mean, other than that, I thought the series was absolutely fantastic. I enjoyed every single minute of watching yeah. this. It was good. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little egotistical, but you know. <laughs> You can only love yourself so much. (laughs) Well, I liked it a lot, too. I think it was a nice uh, continuation. I mean, I think it really had a lot of layers and elements added to the MCU that we'll probably will now see for Mm -hmm. many years to come. And it, it just kind of like expanded the whole universe a lot more, kind of opened up some avenues for new characters and uh i really liked it It it's probably my favorite series out of the three that we've gotten so far nice right and you can literally just like skip those other two and be perfectly content with just this one like there's literally no uh expectation or uh, no connection yeah true to uh it's like wandavision even though that they're supposed to be interlocked there's just like nothing that you know, ties down what's going on. It's a really good standalone mm-hmm. until the next Avengers movie, maybe when they bring all that in. But it seems like yeah. this, like establishing the multiverse, is really setting up the whole next phase of Marvel. And mm-hmm. that's crazy that this Disney Plus series is the one kicking off. Because, like, I feel like the next Spider-Man ver- movie is going to delve into the Spider-Verse because it's got all three actors who played Spider-Man are going to be in it. So it feels mm-hmm. like everything is uh, up for grabs now that <laughs> this show happened. Mm-hmm. Well, let's dive right into the episodes. Uh, there's only six of them, so it really shouldn't be that big of a deal to be able to do that. Uh, the first episode starts off uh, where the end game uh, left off, kind of. Okay, so mm-hmm. the Endgame when they were in 2012 New, New York. York. So bef- like before they go back in time even further to uh, take the Tesseract, it's the point where they mess up their plan is when Loki takes the um, the Tesseract and pieces out. And you see this in the trailer. And that's one of the things that kind of like, a, oh, shit, let's go. And uh, as soon as he lands where he is, the TVA is there ready to go to grab him because he's out of time. Yeah, so they prune that um, timeline and that kicks off the whole yeah. series. Yeah, which blew my mind because I was like, well, what the fuck? Endgame is all about breaking the timeline <laughs> right now. And so it just, until we get to the last episode or I guess a little bit further when they said, oh, it was supposed to happen. Like it was kind of like, a, what's going on? Why did this not do its thing why why is it a problem uh but anyways they um they bring him to the tva and he goes through this process this arduous process to check in as a variant at the tva and it's like um i forget all parts of it it's like pretty much strip him of everything strip him of his clothes put him in this this jumpsuit, the TVA jumpsuit, uh, make him sign a, a, a piece of paper that says this is everything he's ever said. Uh, go through 
a metal detector or an annihilation detector. Because um, you're like, if you're an android, you get fucked. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, does that happen? And then you see like the whole room is like, just like beat up a little bit. So it's obviously happened more than once. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like, um, all right, would you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets so paranoid about it. Um, then, yeah, he goes into... He goes in the the uh, the jury room, I guess. Takes a number. You watch some other guy refuse and starts causing a ruckus. I remember there's something specific about him, but I don't remember all the Easter eggs. There was thirty of mm-hmm. them. Uh, there's something special about him, and he freaks the fuck out, and he gets zapped or pruned, mm-hmm. and Logan's Lo- like, "My number, right here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got it. It's like checking all his pockets. Yeah. Uh, and this at this point, uh, Renslayer uh, is about to sentence him to probably pruning is what it sounds like. But then you have the Owen Wilson uh, character come in who is like, oh, my gosh, like we need him because of the variant that we're chasing. We need this person. He's going to be the expert. And we're like, why? You know, we're like, whatever. Yeah, what is <laughs> what? What's so special? How do you trust it? this liar? Yeah. Um, I thought the the most interesting part about this was the time theater where he watches the future, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, here's the here's your life up to this point, and then here's where your life is supposed to go. So make sure you live these moments, I guess, before we prune you. That way you feel like your life is worth it. Yeah. We he gets to see himself die at the hands yeah. of uh what's his face Thanos in the movie and you see him get emotional like when his his mom dies and all that so I was gonna say you mentioned Judge Renslayer she's played by Gugu Mibatha Raw and Owen Wilson is playing Mobius just to throw those characters in there oh and Loki is played by Tom Hiddleston for those of you who don't know ciao <laughs> Um, yeah, and then so you have a bunch of cameos, obviously, just re-recorded uh, film footage from the previous movies. So no real need to mention those names. Probably mm-hmm. the, the main one that's necessary to mention would be Frigga uh, or uh, Janet Russo's character and say, you know, that that's probably cut him deep, right? So mm-hmm. it's like the events of the Dark World that he didn't live. And so now you have to, you see that and it's like, Oh yeah, this is messed up. And the funny part is the last thing he watches is not his death. It was after his death, the sorrow that his brother had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was interesting that the, the tape didn't cut off right there where he's no longer exists. So it should cut, but it showed Thor's emotions afterwards, which I thought was interesting and weird at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who is this guy? This is not, Loki, he doesn't have emotion like this. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, he's Lo- a variant. Yeah, uh, yeah, Loki really has grown from the character from Avengers to through uh, all the in game and all that. So, mm-hmm. uh, him getting to see himself live that life that he never gets to live is pretty cool. Yeah, and then it also causes him to grow a little bit and change maybe his decisions down the line in episodes two three four or five mm-hmm. true episode two is the variant uh loki joins the tva's mission uh to attack the variant in 
1985 Wisconsin, where they're at like a Renfair type of situation, I believe. Uh, Renslayer objects to Loki's further involvement, but Mobius convinces her to give him another chance. Loki researches through the files and theorizes that there are, the variant is hiding near apocalyptical events to stay out of sight because once you're near an apocalypse, your actions really have no meaning. All you, everybody around you is going to yep. die anyway. Loki and Mobius confirm the this possibility by visiting Pompeii in 79 AD, where uh, before deducing that the variant is hiding during a hurricane in 2050 Alabama, there they ambush. They are ambushed by the variant who enchants several locals and. The TVA agent Hunter B-15, played by Wunmi Masaku, I guess. <laughs> I hope that's right. That right? Uh, the variant reveals herself to be a female version of Loki and rejects his offer to overthrow the timekeepers together. She sends the stolen reset charges to various points along the sacred timeline, which activate and create numerous branches Branch timelines that throw the TVA into disarray. She teleports away and Loki follows her. I guess we did forget to mention in the first episode that at the end, Mobius reveals why he wants Loki to help him is because he's hunting. Oh, right. You, you kind of alluded Loki. to it, yeah. but yeah, yeah, we didn't expressly state it. Uh, yeah. So immediately I know Sarah was like, oh, that's that can't be him that's obviously a female even though we never see her face just like based on the way she walks and moves i was like yeah, i don't know tom hiddleston's pretty feminine I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a spoiler i knew who was cast uh, as as sylvie and i didn't know who sylvie was and then i was watching this i'm like god damn it the variant's probably named Sylvie. yeah this is this is stupid I read that gotcha Spoilers. <laughs> yeah why am i gonna why do i read internet things uh, do you, I guess, I don't know. Do we want to go through, I have like the comic book versions of these characters. Do you want to go through them later or as we get to them? Or not at all? Uh, let's just interweave it now. Yeah. All right. So Sylvie, Sylvie Lushton in the comics was an average girl living in Brock, Bronxton until the Asgardians moved into her home because they moved Asgard to Oklahoma after it was a Jordan comics. Uh, not long after that, Silva woke up. Sylvie woke up to uh, magical powers. Unbeknownst to Sylvie, these powers were given to her by Loki for yet unknown purposes. Uh, with her new powers, Sylvie moved to New York City to become a superhero and join the Avengers. She chose to take on the name and style of Amora the Enchantress, and speaking in a faux Asgardian manner. So she was just she's not a variant in the comics. She's a separate person that Loki kind of turned into a like gave her his style of powers, basically. Mm. And she became an enchantress and she enchants people throughout the series. Right. And to backtrack, uh, we had Mobius in the previous one. Right. Um, we'll have a bigger Ravona thing later, so I'll just wait to reveal her then. Uh, but Mobius, uh, M. Mobius, appeared in Fantastic Four. So clone managers for the Time Variance Authority resemble Mark uh, Grudenwald and later Tom DeFalco, both longtime Marvel comic writers. Mm -hmm. The most frequent reoccurring manager is Mobius M. Mobius. 
a Gernwild clone. And I believe he's a lawyer, right? Or uh, I'm not sure. I looked up a picture of Mark Gwynwald and he looks exactly like this <laughs> version of him in the comics where he's got a, mean, kind of a balding head and a mustache. That's also Stan Lee. Yeah, so. he is like a young Stan yeah. Lee looking guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think all comic book people look the same. <laughs> <Kind of. laughs> yeah, just it's like, a certain style. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But it seemed like there was multiple clones of him working at the TVA. Or I guess variants, I guess, could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like in the in the scene like where he's hanging out with her in her office and uh with Ravona and Ravona's mm-hmm. like he's like, uh use a coaster and he's like, Oh, I didn't whatever, you know, I tend to I always he's like you left you that left that ring. ring there last time <laughs> and he was like, mm, I don't really remember that, but okay. It was kind of like a Yeah there's multiple there's something variants. Yeah. All right, episode three. I'll do this one. Lamentus. Uh, with the TVA distracted, the variant arrives at their headquarters and attempts to find the timekeepers, but is followed by Loki. They're attacked by Renslayer, and Loki uses a team tempad to teleport them both to 2077 Lamentus 1, a moon that is being crushed by a planet. The tempad runs out of power, and the variant, who goes by Sylvie, agrees to work with Loki to charge it. They sneak aboard a train bound for the Ark, an evacuation spaceship that could recharge the Tempad, but Loki gets drunk and draws attention to them. This leads to a fight with guards to throw him off the train, and Sylvie follows, only to find the Tempad broken. The duo continue on foot, intending to commandeer the Ark so they can escape before Lamentus 1 is destroyed, and on the way, Sylvie reveals the TVA's workers are actually variants of people from Earth. Loki and Sylvie fight their way through guards and a crowd of people attempting to board the Ark, but meteors from the oncoming planet destroy it before they can board it. I thought this was a really cool episode, having just, it's basically focused on those two people as they explore this planet and try to escape it before the devastation at the end. Mm -hmm. And there's like a really cool action scene towards the end where it's like all one shot where they're fighting to get to that spaceship that ultimately is destroyed yeah that was, that was cool there was one thing missing from that fight scene at the end and it was slow motion Zack snyder yeah, yeah. oh yeah oh forgot yeah. About that. It makes every every action scene better is half of it slowed down <laughs> i like this episode because she loki called her a loki and she's like don't call me that and then later on he calls yeah, her a variant my name don't call me that <laughs> i now go by sylvie it's where you get to you know learn her name Mm-hmm. And I do like Sophia. She is yeah, she's great. She's really good. Yeah. I don't. It's just the only thing I've ever seen her in. But I think she did a great job. Yeah. And I think that like the the problem that I had was Loki was chasing her to stop her mm-hmm. or to figure out what she's doing. But to Renslayer and the rest of the TVA, this was an act of defiance on Loki. Yeah, because he like hopped through and. Yeah, left them like, behind. Yeah, he's he's already he's he's you know he's everybody knows them. you can't trust Loki, no. <laughs> any Loki at any time. Nope. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one had a lot to it, but there's also not a whole lot that kind of drove the story. You kind of had the uh, let's get these characters to trust each other, and then they're like, "Well, I have a plan." It's almost like the Guardians of the Galaxy. I have ten percent of a plan or twelve yeah. percent mm-hmm. of a plan type of situation, and so they're you know trying to get their way onto this uh, train, and 
she's about to do something and he does something and he's about to do something and she does mm-hmm. something. It's kind of like shows like a, you guys need each other to get on this train type of thing. Yeah. Uh, it, but it, his description on love just fucking cracked me up. <laughs> love is a love is a dagger. <laughs> Everything's a dagger yeah. to him. Yeah, pretty much. But it really shows their difference in personalities because of him growing up in Asgard and being like like a raw prince almost and her having to fend for herself and do everything on her own because she was pruned or like taken out of her timeline when she was like 12 years old mm-hmm. and had to grow up on her own and teach herself and learn. And that's what episode four like was ro- rolled right into her getting pulled mm-hmm. out of her timeline and taken to the TVA. You want to tell us more about episode four? Yeah. Pale? So we'll jump into episode four, the Nexus event. Sylvie tells Loki that she escaped from the TVA as a child. They form a romantic bond, which creates a unique branch timeline and you see, like, the timeline go spike, Everything spike way up. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And alerts the TVA to find and arrest them before Lamentus 1 is destroyed. Mobius leaves Loki in a time loop of a bad memory he has of Sif, while Sylvie unlocks B-15's memories to prove that B-15 is a variant. Renslayer tells Mobius that C-20 died from a mental breakdown, but Mobius finds a recording of Renslayer interrogating a mentally sound C-20 who insists that the TVA workers are all variants. Mobius feel, frees Loki from the time loop, but Renslayer confronts them and has Mobius pruned. Renslayer takes Loki and Sylvie to the timekeepers, who order Loki and Sylvie to be deleted. With B-15's help, Loki and Sylvie defeat Renslayer and the Timekeeper's guards. Sylvie beheads one of the Timekeepers, but discovers they are androids before a recovered Renslayer prunes Loki. Sylvie overpowers Renslayer and demands the truth. In a mid credit scene, Loki awakens, surrounded by several other Loki variants. <laughs> He's in the void. So yeah, the void. The void. He joined Keith. He did. It's <laughs> <laughs> a void full of me. That's frightening. I think there's one important part that it's missed when he says like a recovered Renslayer prunes Loki. It's they're having like a romantic moment. Like he let his guard down and then he got pruned. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He gets stabbed I in the back. Worth uh, noting. Something he usually does to other people. Yeah, and the the time loop of Sif was actually pretty fun because the uh, the Sif variant, if you will, was very receptive to what Loki was saying. So it was like a pretty much like an AI versus mm-hmm. learning, uh, but it always you know butterfly effect right Reset. back to Reset, yeah. yeah what it need what needed to happen like. You're you're a dick. I'm gonna punch you. I'm gonna in knee you, <laughs> knee you in the crotch or whatever. Right, right in the dick hole. <laughs> it's um, nice to see Sif back. We haven't seen her since like the Dark World or something. I feel like. Yeah, I know. It's been it's been a minute. Lady Sif, uh, <laughs> Thor's wife, but whatever. Yeah, it was like Who's Dark County? World or Agents of Shield. Like, so, yeah, she appeared on yeah. one episode of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing that I don't in- see in here was even though he says insisted the TVAs are all um, 
variants. variants is it's more of like a Loki convinced Mobius more so than yeah. just kind of saying it is. There was a there's a moment where Mobius is like, oh yeah, you know. Did we get that Mobius was pruned? Yeah. Yep. yep yeah, yep, we yep. did. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, she pruned him. And so um, we're four four episodes in, and there's a couple things that we just haven't really mentioned. Uh, I think there's a lot of stuff going through these three, four episodes. Um, like when he goes and he does the research and he becomes part of the TVA and he does these things and he learns about the the jet skis and right. the, the, all those things kind of like are almost foreshadowing right yeah Mm -hmm. he has this love for jeskies it means he probably had something to do with jeskies in his non-variant life or his actual Mm -hmm. life and yeah he's one character we don't get to see because we we visit renslayer at some point when she's like a principal or a teacher or something but we don't ever see what owen wilson was doing before he became mobius or Mm -hmm. like in the the real timeline what owen wilson is doing so that'll be interesting to uh expand on in hopefully season two he was uh, a race car driver he was he was in a red car <laughs> he was a <Yeah>. car <laughs> <laughs> mobius was the race car driver he was driving who got there first oh <laughs> uh, and i wanted to ask a question in, earlier in the episode you said loki's variant id is l eleven thirty. Does that mean yeah. he's the 1130th Loki variant? Is that that's my L guess. stands for Loki and yeah. <laughs> the yeah, number stands for the number variant? Makes sense. That That's incrementally. Yeah. I don't know what the increment value is, but yeah, like it could go by tens. And so, oh, yeah, it could only, be. Only been 1100. I know we see like 1520 in this next episode. Yeah. Speaking of this next episode, before I read the introduction, I will say Crocodile. My favorite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Journey into Mystery, the name of the Marvel comic line in which Loki is first introduced. And I believe it's like episode 85. Yes. Yeah. One of the later issues. For sure. Um, Renslayer tells Sylvie that when Loki was pruned, he was sent to the void at the end of time, from which nothing has ever returned. They deduce that the TVA's true creator is hiding behind the void. And this is why I haven't read Renslayer's thing, because it kind of gives a little clue. Mm -hmm. The TVA's mascot, Miss Minutes, stalls for time because she's trying to get the TVA troops to surround Sylvie and prune her. Uh, However... She prunes herself because she's like, if Loki's in the void, he's too stubborn. He's not to... dead. <laughs> Loki's yeah. never die. I'm going to go meet him there. And then oh. as she sees, uh, when she gets there, she runs into a big cloud demon, which we'll come up to in a little bit later in the episode. While she's there, she runs into Mobius, who's in a pizza delivery truck <laughs> or car. Uh, after interrogating B-15, Renslayer plans uh, to reach the TVA's true creator, because um, at this point she doesn't know, but in the comics she does. Uh, meanwhile, the other Loki variants tell Loki that a massive cloud-like creature called Alioth destroys everything in the void. After encountering a second Loki group, uh, which was uh, kind of 
what like a coup de trois like, was yeah. set up because the dude wanted to be king, but President Loki was going to be king, but President Loki got his arm cut off by Alligator Loki, <laughs> the best Loki. <laughs> <laughs> so classic Loki helps Loki, Alligator Loki, and Kid Loki escape. They come across Mobius and Sylvie. Mobius returns to the TVA using the temp pad that Sylvie brought with her. Sylvie attempts to enchant the Elioth, uh, yeah, Elioth. Uh, while Loki distracts it, uh, classic Loki distracts it, not just Loki. It's really hard to keep track, but classic Loki pulls up uh, the Asgard in the the scene uh, and kind of distracts it. And then Loki grabs her and helps. And then classic Loki sacrifices himself. Yeah. Um, I guess he does do a little bit of a distracting, but it's really classic Loki that does all the work. Uh, Loki and Sylvie successfully enchant the Elioth, and then the creature shows them away to the Citadel beyond the Void. And that's the same Citadel that uh, when Sylvie was trying to uh, enchant it before before Movia showed up, she saw something there, and she's like, that has to be like the end goal, and that's why they decide to enchant this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff in this scene. Yeah, there's... You literally could break it down, and there's so much crap here. There's a ton Mm -hmm. of Easter eggs in The Void, and, I mean, this is one of my favorite episodes. Probably my favorite, too. There's Mm -hmm. all... With all the Lokis and just everything that goes on. Right, and the throne for Kid Loki would essentially be like everybody's kid fortressy... Uh, like mm-hmm. throne rooms, right? Mm-hmm. Anything that you could find that you can make a throne room, a Christmas setup, you know, a, a nice chair, toys and shit. Yeah, it's like living it's the life. A, it's like a whole, it's like a bowling alley or an arcade yeah. or something that was yeah. pruned. <laughs> Entire arcade. So some of the things I saw was a Thanos helicopter, which in the comics Thanos flies mm-hmm. in a helicopter because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. he. Uh, there is a helicarrier in the back or like the big thing from the agents of shield in the background that had like a hydro logo spray painted on it. It looked like, mm-hmm. um, what else? Uh, there was a frog Thor under the ground, like stuck in a jar that was actually yep. voiced by Chris yeah. Hemworth. He did some voiceover <laughs> for the, just for uh, the Thor's head. hammer. Yeah, he kept trying to get it. Yeah, there's a bunch. Of, That's, he I, was screaming, yeah. trying to call the hammer. To yeah. <laughs> he's like bouncing around in that thing uh, as a callback to the first Avengers where he's in that little glass yeah. box bouncing around as it like gets ejected from the helicarrier. I like the part when Loki asked Kid Loki, what was your Nexus event? And he said, I killed Thor. And then Loki's face is like, yeah, what the fuck? How? how? <laughs> Damn. He's the variant yeah. that did. Mm-hmm. I like I, I like the old man Loki. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's my favorite. classic Loki. His um, his Nexus event um, was sad. It was. Yeah. It's essentially he uh, used illusion to escape Thanos. And then he lived his life by himself under the radar. Yeah. And then he got sad and lonely, and he wanted to talk to Thor, so he reached out to Thor, and that's when the TVA got him. They're like, oh, damn. Yeah. TVA don't fuck around. (laughs) They let him hide in the darkness until he did something that altered the timeline. 
the Judge Ravona Renslayer was uh, really oh, yeah. popular in this episode and the previous couple before. Uh, she first appeared in Avengers 23, December 1965, and was created by Stan Lee and Don Heck. Ravona Le- uh, Lexis Renslayer was the daughter of King uh, Car- Carius, a puppet ruler of the unrevealed kingdom of the character we're about to mention in the 40th century. Ravona first met the character we're about to meet <laughs> when he attempted to annex her time era into his empire. Uh, character we're about to reveal loved Ravona, but she hated him due to his attempt to conquer the kingdom. And there was a lot of like Easter eggs that kind of pointed to this love between her and the time authority. And like the fact that she was you know, has the the three people in her office and she's always focused on one and there's just like a lot of mention to it. It kind of was like a, a lead into, like if you know a little bit about this story, you clearly know who this character is and you're like, oh yeah, no, this Ravona, she obviously knew this person. So that's who she's referring to. Uh, without reading any spoilers, I kind of knew who the end person was. Yeah. I had an idea too. And uh, in like episode one or two, when Owen Wilson's like, oh, where'd you get this pen from like Benjamin High School or whatever it is? Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, she's bad, isn't she? Because she's like, oh, I have a life outside of outside of this or something or like outside of this office or something. She said something like a weird comment. I'm like, oh, she's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't trust her. Mm-hmm. All right. This leads to our final episode, which is for all time, always. Renslayer leaves on a mission to find free will after Miss Minutes gives her information from the TVA creator He Who Remains, played by Jonathan Majors. Uh, B-15 proves to TVA troopers that they are variants by showing them a Renslayer variant who is a school vice principal. Meanwhile, in the Citadel at the end of time, He Who Remains tells Loki and Sylvie that he ends... Or that he ended a multiversal war between his variants by using Eliath to destroy alternate timelines and create the TVA to maintain the peace. And he has uh, grown weary. He's been there a long time. He's mentioned he's a lot older Mm -hmm. than he looks. He offers them a choice to kill him and risk another multiversal war or to replace him overseeing TVA and a singular timeline. Sylvie wants to kill him. Loki wants uh, her to stop. They kiss, but Sylvie sends Loki back to TVA headquarters. She kills He Who Remains, unleashing a multiverse with alternate timelines that the TVA cannot prune. At TVA headquarters, Loki warns Mobius and B-15 about He Who Remains variants, but uh, they do not recognize who Loki is and uh, see that a statue of one of the variants has been replaced with uh those of the timekeepers which he who remains is played by jonathan majors and Mm -hmm. jonathan majors is credited with being king the conqueror in the quantumania yeah the man of the lost quantumania so he who remains is king the conqueror who we kind of figured was the end boss by episode two i think Mm -hmm. and uh he's Seems like he's going to be the new Thanos or the next mm. big bad guy that's going to be haunting our favorite Avenger team. So he's not a variant. Right. He's not a he variant remains... of like a bigger, badder. 
no, king? No, he... Because that's kind of a theory that I was seeing. He is, essentially. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he said that there's multiple versions of himself. And you're going to meet people that are worse than oh, me. Okay. So just be ready yeah. or whatever. He, he's just the good one. He said he basically is the quote-unquote good one. And he's the one that has been keeping the bad ones at bay. So if you will, he is a variant. Right. They're all variants okay. of some yeah. sort, right? Uh, he who remains uh, assists the birth of the timekeepers, the triad of creatures who became the masters of Immortus and the custodians of time, using all of the power which the TVA amasses during its existence. Looks like an old, fragile character. He's like an old, multi-handle-looking <laughs> guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kang the Conqueror or Reed, not Reed Richards, but Nate, Reed Nate Richards. Richards? Yeah. yeah, he's one of his offspring. Yeah. Uh, Kang first appeared in Avengers 8, September 1964, and was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Go figure. Uh, Rama Tut first appeared in Fantastic Four 19, 1963, the previous year. Originally conceived as the an earlier time displaced descendant or future version of Doctor Doom, a master criminal from the 25th century, Rama Tut was retroactively established in the Celestial Madonna saga to be an incarnation of Nathaniel Richards, a 31st century scholar and descendant of Reed Richards. From before and after, they became King the Conqueror, both being younger versions of Immortus. When they and Immortus was mentioned in He Who Remains. When they first enter his office and he starts going through his whole spiel and like where he came from or what's happening, he mentions that in the 31st century, a scholar version of me did this. So basically saying he is Nathaniel Richards or he's yeah. he is a version of that character without actually mentioning Reed Richards or any of the stuff that Fox owns yeah. at the time. Yeah. It was nice, though, because a lot of the stuff that he has in his office uh, is just the stuff throughout the universe. And one of the parts that you can see is there's a mask of Tony Stark, uh, Iron Man, in the in the office. Oh, nice. And uh, I do believe that Tony Stark knew about the Kang the Conqueror at some point, somehow, because of the um, infinite loop he created in the oh, right. uh, endgame was... You know, in reference, I forget the name of it, but it had something to do with, you know, going back in time. And King mentioned it, and it is believed that the 31st century scholar uses the 21st century Tony Stark invention of the time going back and forth mm -hmm. to be able to create and establish the timeline. As you can tell, his temp pad looks exactly like the uh, go back in time devices mm. that the Avengers wore in Endgame. Mm. Like the things they had on their wrist or yeah. whatever. To control the time and make sure they don't mess up the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's so many connections. I, I'm curious if Doctor Strange is aware since he did went into his like little time thing and like figured out how the yeah, end game needs to think. end. I wonder if he's aware that the King is out there and overseeing everything. Right. 
And as the keeper, sacred keeper of time, did he need this to happen? That Tony created this thing, and mm-hmm. did he like? I have to preserve the timeline as the keeper of time so Kang later can take it because it has to happen. That's why it's like, oh, what the Avengers did was meant to happen. What Loki, right, yeah. what you did was not meant to happen. <laughs> like by stealing the cube, yeah. you messed things up, but they were supposed <laughs> to go through time and fuck things up. <laughs> right. And the reason they were supposed to go through time is so that Kang can get mm-hmm. that yeah. equation. Exactly. <laughs> it all has to do with self-preservation and self-need of Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. So it's Oh, we never mentioned timeline. back in episode one when uh, Loki's in the TVA and the, the guy opens the drawer with all the Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. like sitting in there. Paper He's like, weights. oh, guys, there's some paperweights oh, yes. around here. The paperweights, like, yeah. what the hell? I thought that was good. Just nullify those things. They're like, we spent the last... 12 years with the movie build up with Trying all these to, things. Yeah. And, yeah, they're just paperweights. They're useless now. <laughs> yeah, now now there's something I even worse. And so it was a moment that yeah, realized that we have yeah, to deal with. Yeah, exactly. Like, this, those are nothing <laughs> compared to what we're about to fight. Uh, I guess there was... I, I uh, So moving into the next thing I have in my notes, actually... In the Marvel Studios Assembled episode three, the making of Loki on Disney Plus, they said there was an episode that was written, but it got out of control and it became easier just to not do it. But where Loki does steal the Infinity Stones from the TVA and like goes nuts and like escapes and does takes over and. Ex- and like does all his crazy shit that he always wanted to do. Uh, and they were like, oh, that just, it just, it, it's an unnecessary. Let's just move the story forward without having to do with it. But it would have been cool to see would, him like been, yeah. get his ultimate goal. They do kind of do it. A, it would have added like two episodes, right? Instead yeah. of like cutting off his six, it would have added like two more episodes. Probably. Yeah. We'd, and they do kind of see where you see him on the throne at one point and he's kind of like, <laughs> disappointed or like bored or whatever yeah honestly the if they would have kept that in there i would have been like what the <laughs> why did we spend two episodes like we're going backwards yeah it doesn't later... have to deal with anything yeah, yeah. but the, uh that episode is pretty cool of the, the like it goes behind the scenes it's all narrated by tom hiddleston um we get to he talks about like his time auditioning for loki back before iron man uh, he saw iron man and then he got the audition for loki and uh like meeting uh chris hemsworth and that uh i can't remember who directed it but uh then they did the math and throughout the mcu loki has less than two hours of total screen time from all wow. 22 movies or whatever but that character has such a huge impact that they felt like spinning him off into yeah. like six of his mm-hmm. own hours was worth it. And then uh, the, uh, the only thing I have written down is that they did this thing called Loki lectures where Tom had to sit down with Owen Wilson and <laughs> educate him on everything. Oh <laughs> Cause he was, he's never seen a Marvel movie. He was not familiar with what he was getting himself into. And he, so he, 
Tom would just sit down with him for like a couple hours every night. And like, <laughs> okay, here's what's happening. This is why this is important. Here's, this is who Loki is. <laughs> just imagining Owen like sitting there with his like, eyes wow. crossed. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, trying wow. to follow along with all this information. <laughs> wow. Uh, so Thor was directed by Ken, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh, yeah. Uh, it's funny because I watched like a, a GQ uh, best films or whatever for per person, and Tom Hiddleston was on there talking about Thor, and he said that Kenneth he was a big fan of Kenny or Kenneth Branagh, uh, and so he was like super geeked to work with him. Yeah, and every conversation he had with Kenneth was about how super <laughs> geeked Kenneth Branagh was of Anthony Hopkins. and so it's like oh yeah no like yeah i know i know anthony like you want to meet him (laughs) all right that's funny yeah i loved him in um murder on orient express that was Mm -hmm. one of my favorite movies that he's in that or harry potter i guess if you know you're into that kind of thing no (laughs) (laughs) no i do like the harry potter movies i just wanted to say no all right, so I think that wraps up of this. Disc- I mean, unless there's any major things we need to that we missed, anything we're no. looking forward to, I guess would be the next uh, thing. I guess the only thing that I'm looking forward to is the direction that they're going to take because they fired the director. Um, there's a lot of um, vitriol on the interwebs about the female director who directed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first uh, season, and they were like, "Why the fuck did he kiss himself? This is weird, homophobe." And yeah, he only loves himself. It's yeah. yeah, exactly what know. he would do. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he loves himself yeah. more than anybody else. It made perfect so, sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm just hoping that it kind of keeps up this direction. I hope they cast somebody. I really wish they could have cast or had the same director. Uh, but I totally understand the position that business people are in where they mm-hmm. have to, you know, here's the bottom dollar. We still got to, you know, present something that we can make money on, essentially, if it's just on a streaming service or not. But clearly there was some issue that they had with the director. Uh, I don't know the full story. I could be way off base here, but. I thought she chose not to come back because she was, but I, I just know she wasn't coming back, but I don't know why. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100% either, but I do know that there's a lot of, like, hate about it. They're like, fuck this. What? Get a new director. Blah, blah, blah. Hmm. can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Girl. Oh. I think she did a great job. I thought it was fantastic, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I wasn't expecting a season two, so I'm not really sure what to expect. But Well, I, I guess in the MCU at large, what, where's yeah. this going to take us? Because well, we know, like, the multiverse Wanda. is... Spider-Man, yeah, in the Doctor Strange and and yeah, uh, Quantumanium. Spider-Man's coming, and we know Wanda's going to be showing up at some point. Ant-Man and the Wasp with the Quantumanium—that's like a huge storyline. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there, it's definitely going to be something there. I I don't know who's going to be part of the Avengers or who's going to be part of the the series. The Eternals might yeah. be an awesome crossover. Uh, yeah, that's a huge thing. That's coming up that and shang chi yeah. or shang chi or whatever that movie's called is like the next yeah. one so however that plays into all this yeah they, i don't know i thought it was funny the the trailer for the eternals is like why didn't you interrupt with uh <laughs> you know thanos that's supposed to happen you know that's right 
Exactly. Uh, so and so that's why they didn't interfere, but they're interfering with Kang now. So it's like this is awesome. I can't wait. Are they going to interfere? That's what I'm more interested about. And I guess what the what if series cartoon series that's happening somehow oh, is yeah. connected because like the these are all the alternate multiverse timelines that we didn't get to see. <laughs> Are, are they all variants? Because, I mean, they're characters we know, but they're taking on different roles and timeline, like storylines. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I would assume. Yeah. Be var- yeah. I, I mean, a variant. Yeah. It's official. Everyone's a variant. I'm a variant. <laughs> There's no main timeline anymore. It's all just a mess. For sure. That's exciting. That, that Hopefully that brings the X-Men. All those movies are now canon because the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Very exciting stuff happening, though. Can't wait for the next show. So looking out for it. All right. That'll wrap up our discussion of Loki season one. We'll probably be back to talk about Loki season two, but stay tuned next week when we have more geek discussions and beer. Until next time. Drink, drink up, up. Drink up. And up geek, and out. Geek, out. geek out. Geek out. And Loki out. out. Loki.